Hola y bienvenidos to Cipota Colochasas podcast. I am your host, Katia Quesada. Join me in the space where we talk about everything and anything that affects nuestra comunidad latina y de habla hispana. Aquí rompemos con los tabús and we connect with others who are not only making a positive change within themselves, but they're also inspiring others in nuestra comunidad. Thank you for joining me in this space and let's dive into today's episode. Hola, hola a todos. Bienvenidos to another episode here on Cipota Colocha Says. I am very excited for this episode. Already the energy, at least I feel it, the energy has shifted a little bit, which is very was very, very necessary and very, very needed. I want to welcome Kathy Rivera. Kathy, thank you for being in Cipota Colocha Says. Thank you for having me. I am a, a definitely Cipota Colocha. So I, when I knew this, when I saw the title, I was like, oh, this is just me. This is me. I have to be on the podcast. <laughs> so um, for anyone who's listening, Kathy, go ahead and introduce yourself. <clears throat> Where are you located and your story? Wow. Okay. So my name is Kathy Rivera. I'm a first gen Salvadorian American. I'm a queer, uh, proud queer. I'm the eldest daughter. <laughs> I'm a, a sister, a daughter, and a single mom. And I'm a trauma informed wellness practitioner, energy healer, and a web designer. All the things. So, um, and I. I'm here in this lifetime to bridge the gap between you and great nature so that you can return home to the self. Um, these past year, I have been really connected back to nature, my roots, reclaiming them, reclaiming my roots, decolonizing my mind. And in that, this is where I bring my work. Um, uh, to individuals, that is what I do within the organizations um, level and businesses. I bring in and support um, businesses and organizations ready to invest in their most valuable asset, which is their employees, to support and improve their mental and emotional well-being through my trauma-informed wellness programs that are anchored in ancient wisdom and healing practices. Um, for as the web designer, which is like two entities, but really the web design, I bring in your energy into um, an intentional web design as a solopreneur, small business, a blogger. Um, I help you show up confidently uh, with an online presence. And I'm actually located in the DC area. I was born in Texas, mm -hmm. so I'm a Texas girl, mm -hmm. um, but I was raised in the D.C. area, so I've been here most of my life, and then for the past eight years, uh, not the past eight, but I lived eight years um, in South Florida, and then the pandemic hit, and for the most obvious reasons, I left, and um, I came back home. I came back home to Virginia to be with family in those kinds of times. You, This is my first pandemic, so I like a lot of us, and I wanted to be home and uh, be with family for support um, all throughout mental, emotional, and I started or restarted my wellness business here, and um, I do in-person and virtual events to reach out to BIPOC and LGBTQ plus com uh, community and allies. Of course, we always need allies, right? 
So, um, yeah, I've been doing this work for, um, three years, over three years now. Um, and it's been a journey of really decolonizing, um, reclaiming a lot of, uh, my lineage. Um, what we were told is not acceptable. Um, you know, understanding that, um, no matter what anybody says, we've existed before anyone told us that we were, um, that we are not, you know, that we are not accepted and we are not allowed to exist. So that is where my journey has been. Um, really, really stepping into my authentic self proudly and courageously and also vulnerably. Oh, there was so much in that opening statement that I like soaked in like a sponge <laughs> and also identified as a fellow first gen Salvadorian. Um, I find myself in this moment in, in my life also decolonizing and trying to connect to my roots and what that looks like for me and what does that mean for me. Um, in all aspects of my life, even with something as simple as literature. Um, yeah. There was something that, that you said towards the end of like reclaiming, reconnecting, and decolonizing. For, um, and this is just my experience, and I'm interested to see if this is your experience as well. When it comes to our indigenous tribes within El Salvador, I feel that a lot of it is lost and a lot of it, um, something so, so like our languages, our dialects have been lost Our our indigenous identity hasn't been almost eradicated and there's history there and there's a lot of, and I think just based on that history and genocide and massacre that occurred you know yeah people there's this fear and so i see this generation the younger generation of us who are here within the states trying to somehow walk our way back to that and identifying and reclaiming and kind of trying to relearn from yeah. small population that is left. Is that the same for you? Mm -hmm. And how has that been like? So <clears throat> I, my mom never talks about it, you know, like, I think, um, it's kind of me, like, I think with everything, like I've had to learn on my own. Um, and yes, I am in a place where I'm wanting to do my ancestry to really get deep into where do my roots come from? I'm wanting to go back to the motherland. And I was telling my mom this um, because I haven't gone since I was 15 because it got so bad. You know, I'm 40 now. So that is a long time. And my mom has gone in the past, you know, three some years. But I would like to go back because I just feel the fact that I'm so open now, I could potentially really feel a lot of ancestry downloads and guidance when I go. Um, I would like to learn more. Um, I know very little. And um, these are questions I get to ask my mom um, and times, 
And I, you know, sometimes I feel like my mom doesn't really know either. She knows that there are Mayans in, in, in El Salvador, but I don't think I've ever heard her even speak about um, our indigenous people. Um, and you're right, it has been eradicated. Um, and I also think it has to do with them being here and assimilating. Um, it's kind of this sense of like, that was my past. And it's just like, but your past makes who you are. You know, it, it, in, don't you want to continue this lineage? And I, every time, every morning I say, I'm grateful to connect with my, you know, divinely guided, protected, loved, and supported by my ancestors and my well ancestors, ancestors in particular, you know, and I'm honored to, to receive and to be guided and protected by you to continue this lineage. I say this every day before we got on, I'm like called them in and said, I'm honored to speak truth to through your wisdom and, you know, I'm getting goosebumps now. So it's just kind of like this, it's a journey. And sometimes you're really lost. You don't know where to start. And I would love books. And, you know, if you have them, I would love them. But I think the first thing I would love to do is go back to the motherland. I already have. I like, would love to go there. And that is one of the go. Yeah, yeah, I already, I, the last time I traveled back to El Salvador was when I turned 30. So almost four years ago in June. I haven't been back. My mom just came back. She traveled last month. And things are so much different now, um, just government-wise, and the way that, for example, um, and I don't know if this is the same with your mom, but my parents remember life before the Civil War, during the Civil War, and then the effects that kind of came after. And one of the things that she said was, oh my God, this feels like when I was a kid, like people are out late at night, you still hear of little things mm. here and there, but nothing in comparison to what the media was portraying, which was in in a light accurate, you know, with people being murdered, people being kidnapped, et cetera, et cetera, that stuff. Yeah. So the government that's in there now, although there's things that I look under the micro microscope, as we all do, um, life, I guess the quality of life has, has become better. So I'm interested in going yeah. hopefully this year, if it aligns in the stars, we'll all get to go again. Yeah. But there is this connection that you feel. It's almost as if your DNA recognizes as soon as you land that like, oh, this is home. Like this is where yeah. my roots are this is where my family is from this is where my ancestors yeah. is from and it's so hard to yeah. kind of describe into words the all of the emotions that you feel as soon as you get off the plane and you're walking through the airport and you walk outside and you feel that like heat you know yeah. you the heat yeah <laughs> you feel the heat you the noises the smell that are so particular to that country yeah. it's like such and I've spoken to other people whose um, family are from other places in the Caribbean and Latin America and they have a similar experience too and it's very yeah. very beautiful and it's very yeah. very welcoming um, so yes yeah. if you plan to go I have like a couple of places that I've been able to visit where um, oh, okay. it's been very very interesting and very eye-opening but also um, has made me hungry for asked you for more to trying to find out a little bit more of like 
um, our indigenous tribes, the different tribes, different languages, and the different practices mm-hmm. have unfortunately have yeah. been lost. But circling back to your practice and your business, how did this kind of begin? How did you connect back into your spirituality? Um, wow. So I connected back with my spirituality through my healing, my own healing journey. Um, I started uh, talk therapy, hypnotherapy back in 2017. I was really struggling in my life. And um, I finally got everything was like, no more. You, This is your time to like head head on, face everything you've been avoiding because I didn't have the tools to... Um, one, the tools of self-love, the understanding of self-love, the importance of self-love, but the tools to um, express my emotions intelligently, effectively, um, like I just didn't have that. And so I went through talk therapy, hypnotherapy, but I knew there was more. Like once I had graduated, you know, from or discharged uh, from uh, talk therapy, I knew that there was more because there's generational trauma and ancestral that we take along with us. And that's deep work, deep work. And you see it. And then when you understand it, you see it in your family. You see it in your lineage. You see it in your mom. You see it in your abuela and your tias. And you see that. You see that lineage of trauma. You see the, the, the what you're collecting and you're t- bringing in every with every generation. And honestly, like getting connected back to nature is what has led me back to my lineage. Listening, being outside and listening to nature's wisdom and what it's communicating. And listening to the my the wisdom of my own body, you know, slow and gentle, it keeps telling me. As I said before, you know, we got on here, it's like slow and gentle. And um, that has been the biggest thing is great nature, is really coming out there and appreciating her, listening to her and seeing how she changes and seeing what she's teaching us through her change because it's a reflection of like what's happening energetically and spiritually out there it is happening within our own body our own mental emotional and physical body but we are so disconnected from her that we don't know we don't listen i mean we barely listen to the wisdom of our own body so why would we be listening to mother nature who we are very connected to we there is no separation but we are have we have disconnected from her and um then kind of i grew up you know in curanderismo and my mom would go to sobadores and that's how she would take care of herself and teach me ways of like energy work and using my hands and and I grew up in, in that world. My sister, not so much, but I, I grew up in that world. And then my um, my abuela came here to visit and I was already getting into like, you know, connecting back to nature and wanting to get into herbalism. That's the next thing. The plants are calling me. Um, and I had told my grandmother because I know she understands, you know, curanderismo. 
And I was like, you know, do we have anybody in our family like that does this or did this? And no one really called to herbs and plants and stepping into curanderismo. And she's like, oh, see, sí. you know, tu, tu tío abuelo, who's my grandfather's um, brother, uh, was a curandero in El Salvador. And she said he was the healer of the town. But she was very adamant. She's like, but this one thing, it's like, él quitaba el mal ojo, pero nunca daba mal ojo a nadie. Y aunque te, te dieran el mal ojo, no hacía eso. No lo hacía para nadie. And that kind of really confirmed, like, okay, I'm in, I'm, I'm reclaiming this lineage. This is what I'm reclaiming. This is where I'm being guided. So it's just those bits and pieces of like, the guidance, the path, the trajectory of where I'm going, it's like, it's ancestors guiding me here. And I don't know who my tío abuelo is. I don't even know his name, but I'm like tío abuelo. And, you know, it's that intention. And my abuelito Julio as well, like which is my mom's father, who I never met. But my mom and I look like him. Mm. Yeah. So, um that is where that that's my connection and I'm holding it to it. So next time I'm going to ask for his name and put it on my altar mm -hmm. and co probably copy one of my, tío, um, one of my abuelito Julio's pit photos and put it on my altar as well. Um, so that I'm there, he's there with me, guiding me and protecting me. That was going to be my next question. I was like, do you have an altar? Because <laughs> I have one. This so is my, actually, I, I do have an altar here. So you see, there's a picture of my daughter yeah. right here when she was a child. It's like, I just uh -huh. always want, um, it was one of my favorite pictures. But then above that, like, you know, these are words that um, really guide me. And then up there is kind of my, um, my, um, I don't want to say my mood board, but my manifestation of like my vision board for 2023. Mm -hmm. So I do have an altar where I do change it every season. So the summer season, I'm going to bring in other items, you know, a couple of candles, um, incense, but yeah, I have an altar where I go and I, and I have a bell, which is um, actually packed up away because I have an event tomorrow. <laughs> so a lot of my things have come from my altar. They're in my bag right now. Yeah. But yeah, I have crystals. I have sage, palo santo. Mm -hmm. I have an offering of water and the, the scents. And, and I do sometimes even put like flowers. And um, when I move into my own space, um, again, like I'll definitely be bigger where I offer coffee, cafe. I'm going to want to have cafecito con my ancestors in the morning. Yeah. But yeah, I have an altar where I, I go and sit. I just like what I'm doing right now, except I'm turning yeah. the other way. That's I so sit and just in silence. Yeah. That's so interesting that without you even knowing, this is where the conversation is kind of going and where we're talking a little bit more spirituality I don't think I've mentioned yeah. it in the podcast before, but I, from a very young age, became very, very intrigued by occultism and everything that came along with the arts, right? Tarot, crystals, mm -hmm. from a very, and mm -hmm. it freaked my mom out. My dad, not so mm -hmm. much, but my mom completely, it completely freaked her out. She, was mm -hmm. a catechist when she went to 
when she was a child. So very connected to the Catholic church. And, you know, for mm. a short period of time, we went to church, uh, the Roman Catholic church for a while. Um, but there was always this presence of like my intrigue and growing in, growing up in San Francisco, you're kind of already. And I think within our culture, our culture is so intermixed where, where, um, we have these traditional practices that have still survived. They're kind of tied into um, Christianity. And I think that was just the only way for these practices to survive. But as I started to get older, a little bit more information started to come through. Like, for example, my mom would, would one time said, oh, by the way, your great-grandmother was a partera. She would cure from mal de ojo and I would see her work with herbs and chew tobacco and all these things. And now that I'm older, I'm like, do you not remember any of the recipes or anything like that? Yeah. And my mom's like, no, because I didn't think it was important to know. And now I wish I would have paid a little bit more attention <sighs> to what she was saying. Yeah. And then my grandmother, who I unfortunately, she passed away before my parents and I traveled to El Salvador for the very, for the very first time. She passed away in December. Oh, wow. We traveled in April of the following year. So time didn't quite, she, you know, she didn't help oh. on. That's, so it's my only complaint that I have like of life is like, I wish she could have, this is, I have so many questions that I wish I would have asked her, but she yeah. like was a little adventurer and left home at the age of 14 joined a circus and learn how to read tarot and I randomly picked up a deck of tarot when I was 14 so I feel like I've always been guided connected to her connected yeah to this lineage of women that have been mm-hmm. in spirituality it wasn't until I got older that I joined um I am a, pr- a practitioner of Ifa and of I what I'm sorry Ifa Ifa, can you tell me what that is? So Ifa is a, a Yoruba tradition branch. Okay. is one of the branches, right? So under the Yoruba, you have voodoo, you have um, Santerismo, there's Ifa, there's Candoble, there's, so it's all of these practices that are um, okay. connected to nature. And we follow what is mm-hmm. Orishas, right? The deities that all pertain to a natural. You have Yamaya, which is, mm-hmm. you know, mother but connected to um, the ocean. You have Elegua, who is the road opener, right? And he's the one that's like mm. the opening the roads for you, but he has a mischievous nature. Then you have, like, for example, mm. we have Orula, who in the stories that are passed down, he's the one that witnesses what your um, role in life is. And you're born and you kind of forget that. And he's there to kind of remind you, hey, this is what you're supposed to do. So um, I joined that way. And I've been in this now for six, seven, six years, seven, going on seven. But it's interesting that once I joined, they were like, oh, did you know that your lineage is very spiritual? Like, I, I mean, I kind of know, but not really. And they were like, oh, you have a long Mm -hmm. line talk to your ancestors talk to them they've always been guiding you have you had any x y and z and i'm like oh yeah that happens to me all the time since i was a child and they're like yeah there's always been this push like you haven't connected to them 
because of yeah. you know civil war and all that stuff but they're they're like they're still there they're still present so anyways what i wanted to say eventually was an alter and spanning time with your ancestors and something so like having coffee is so important um because they see that and they receive that and the more that you open and spend time the more their wisdom kind of trickles down um yeah yeah energy work is is really important and i'm like all of a sudden I felt a little jolt of energy from, from sharing this part that I've never shared before. Mm-hmm. Not that it's hidden. It's just one of those things that I'm like, Oh yeah, this is what I, this is what I do. Um, how important was it for you um, to open up a space, create a space to work with BIPOC and, and people who are in the LGBTQIA plus community? Was it from personal experience and lack of, kind of safe spaces being available? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Um, It's because these are the communities that um, supported me. These are the communities that I um, was in. And, you know, it wasn't until my older age that I understood the importance of my BIPOC community. Um, You know, probably in, in middle school, like I was assimilating like a mother, but I didn't know. Um, and even like older, even like after high school, I probably dabbled in it a little bit and I was some like, you know, Hey, what, someone called me a white girl. And I was like, Oh, that ain't it. So I was like, let me just, let me go back to, you know, uh, and I think that I was subconsciously doing it and I had no idea. And then when like someone called me that, I was just like, Oh, well that's, that ain't it. So I completely changed my color back to my natural hair. Um, but it's, it's really important for me to, um, to serve my own communities, um, because there is, um, a lack of spaces to be, uh, held, um, to be seen, heard, and to take up space and to have someone that doesn't look like you and have the spaces that are predominantly people that do not mirror you or understand your struggle, it is very difficult to take up space and share your struggle. They will not understand or they'll, you know, try to make it seem like you're some form of pity or victim. And it's just like, I mean, that's not what I'm here for. You know, I'm, I'm here just like you. Uh, and just this lack of space um, an understanding of our culture, our experiences, um, and, and the struggle for BIPOC and LGBTQ, uh, LGBTQ plus, and then being a queer person of color. So add that to the sauce, you know, you're both. Um, it's really challenging. And I've noticed myself where, you know, I just don't speak up in places that I don't see myself a lot of. And when people see me in the front and they're like, oh my gosh, I've never seen like a person of color, you know, teaching, um, uh, doing this work. Um, And it's really strange and it's unfortunate. Um, And I think that, again, I think that people think that this work is not ours, that it's for them you know for the the skinny white girl with like you know flowy clothes 
And it's just like, no, that's called cultural appropriation. And it's, it's actually our, it's, it's, it's our lineage, you know? Um, but I, I saw that I didn't see myself in spaces. And so I created a space. Oh man. <laughs> I'm connected with everything that you're saying, like a hundred percent in like so many different levels. Um, we've, I've mentioned this before where the practices, right? For example, yoga, Buddhism, not yoga. Let me, let me retract. Let me start over yoga, right? Or massage or Reiki or any energy work, you know, it's all looped together under this umbrella of wellness. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, even though it is our, practices you know um Mm -hmm. in a lot of part um you see the occultural appropriation and then also you see the capitalist kind of being married into it to where Mm -hmm. this you know even if you felt a little inkling of wanting to learn or dabble into it or learn a little bit more whether it be joining a yoga studio whether it be getting reiki for yourself the it almost feels a little bit unachievable like unattainable meaning it's only for the rich white people that are getting Mm -hmm. you know that are in this like as you said the skinny white girl the skinny blonde with the birkenstocks and the yoga mat and drinking her you know (laughs) green juice constantly all the time right right Right. so um here specifically where i am i see a lack of representation and Mm -hmm. my partner and I earlier I want to say last year we went to a yoga studio and we both kind Mm -hmm. of checked out a little bit not because it was anything like wrong with it but for me I didn't see representation and also Mm -hmm. I also felt like I was a little bit under the microscope because Mm -hmm. I'm not white Clearly, I'm with someone from, you know, the same sex. Um, And so there was a lot of, like, curious, where people were being respectful, but we both kind of felt like, hmm, we're kind of looked at a little bit too hard. Mm. So I kind of turned it off for a little bit. You felt more like spectacles. I felt more, exactly. I felt more of a spectacle than I did, you know, appreciated. She's a little white girl too, you know. So, so for her to kind of feel like that, that was that was saying a lot. Um, yeah. And so I like it was unfortunate, and it also turned me off from continuing my practice. And then when we sat down and had a conversation of like, oh, you know, we enjoyed the practice of like doing something connecting to the self and and kind of doing something for ourselves and our mental health when we looked down and at the numbers, we were like, Ooh, this isn't quite attainable for us. You know, um, mm-hmm. how is that navigating for you? The accessibility, like the, the accessibility. financial accessibility. Yes. It, it's wild to me. Um, how much, you know, things charge and it sometimes feels like a privilege to be able to afford these things. I do my best to be accessible. 
um, because, you know, I don't believe that wellness is a luxury. It's a birthright, just like rest um, is a birthright. So is taking care of our mental, emotional, and physical well-being. It is. And um, I think that there's this like a two-part to it, right? There's maybe even a three-part, but <laughs> but like the first part is one being accessible, but knowing that charging your worth, that's my worth. That's the first part is charging my worth because I've put in and I've invested in my, in my education. I've invested in studying and, um, being able to provide this service. Right. Um, so if I charge too little, then I can't make a living. And so if I charge too much, um, you know, then I'm just, then I'm just like everybody else. And what's the point? Then why am I doing this work if I can't reach my own communities? So that's my part, right? Um, And then the other part is like people feeling deserving of it, understanding that I am worthy of this, of taking care of myself. It's like, oh, that's too expensive. But People spend thousands of dollars on an iPhone, thousands of dollars on shoes and sneakers, on shopping sprees, thousands of dollars. You know, they just bought the whatever. I don't even know what iPhone I was out right now. I have an 11. I don't and know. I remember I was really old person, too. Like, <laughs> I'm like I'm holding on to my I phone like, until it doesn't update anymore. Like, and then and then I'll know that it's time for an upgrade. Like, it's it's so until the wheels fall off for me. Yeah, exactly. It's like I don't. It's a phone. I have it for necessity. You know, it helps me communicate. It helps me put the word out there of like the podcast, yeah. the website, etc. And then it helps me with my job. You know. I, Mm-hmm. As a journalist, as a producer, like I, I am, I need my phone on me right. at all times, just in case. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's almost like a car. I talk about this this a lot. Like a car is a necessity for me. It helps me get from point A to point B because, unfortunately, our public service, um, or public transport isn't as great as it should be. You know, and therefore we have yeah. to rely on getting a car but a car like having a car for people who are living paycheck to paycheck not only is everything so expensive but you have added cost of like registration gas um maintenance maintenance uh insurance Mm -hmm. you know it's all of these things that come into it and so there's this we're in a pivotal i think time in our life and in this country i'm gonna specifically in this country where it's more and more evident the class separates you know separating classes um that life is really getting as hard as the stories that you hear from your parents going life was this hard in our country of origin therefore we left and so a lot of people are kind of looking elsewhere and we're like, oh, not only that, but if you're someone of color, the world isn't in the States, isn't quite made for you. You know, you have a couple of things going against you from feeling like you're, you don't belong anywhere to 
trying to assimilate and what that looks like um, to overworking and burnt out in, you know, the place of work. Doesn't matter if it's if you're call it college educated or not. Add gender on top of that, you know, and then add personal life. So it's like it's such a juggle, and the disconnect mm-hmm. kind of comes from that. And so when we see spaces mm-hmm. like this being created, it's so great. And yes, you should be paid exactly your worth because right. of the energy that goes into it, of the work that goes into it, of the investment yeah. that you go into it. But I think when we see more representation, we're like, yeah, this is where we're going to go because our people are like that. Yeah. If we mm-hmm. connect to someone in a spiritual level or just in a human level, that's yeah. where we'll go. And then we'll bring everybody else with us. It's like, hey, this exactly. is great. You know, and it's so important. So more spaces like these need to, need to be created. And I love mm-hmm. seeing people kind of going move out the way here I come and creating these safe spaces for BIPOC and queer people because mm-hmm. there's not enough there is not with everything yeah. happening like there is not enough and it's so important so it important. is it, it really is because we need a space to be held like I said we need a space to be supported and we need a space that we can just fucking let go like just desahogarse right And so that's why, I mean, I have in-person events. So no, you don't get me on a one-on-one level, but you get to experience me on a group level or, you know, like also that idea, like, again, I'm worthy of this. There's that, that big work too, that we get to do. Like, as I remember, I'm like, that's a lot of money, but is it really? Is, is, or is it that I don't think that I'm, I'm, my health is not important because some of us don't even go to the doctors when we need to go. So there's just so many layers to like, you know, to this question of like accessibility. I think I am accessible. And then there's also working with people to, 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 to guiding them and recognizing that wellness is not a luxury. It is your birthright. Two, you deserve it. You deserve it. Three, it is something different. It's energy work. It is not, you know, biomedicine but it is kind of rooted into things that you've probably forgotten, you know? Um, so it, it is so important for us to have spaces to be able to desahogarse. Like we would just really do because we don't have spaces that we could feel and process. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we have so much going on in the world right now. Like, everyone should be angry and scared at the same time. Those two things can exist at the same time, duality. And, but we also need a space to like, where do we put this anger? Yes, in action, right? We want anger not to fester and be the dominant emotional state that we lead the world with, but into action, but also to be angry and process that in a way that, you know, we don't, we don't hold it in our, in our bodies. I think a lot of a lot of us too um sometimes that I see reflected upon myself this learned practice that you see from your parents you know because they had to hustle in order to keep food on the table and and pay the bills and you Mm -hmm. don't realize that that's what you learned until you kind of start to self-imprinted 
it's imp- it is it's like imprinted. a little microchip and i myself yeah. right now in this moment of my life although i started my journey you know to better myself and heal myself and understanding generational trauma i'm having such a hard time changing that little chip and also as an mm. only child there's a lot of responsibility yeah. that was put on you know, and now that my parents are older, there's this responsibility that I feel of taking care of my parents, giving back to my parents, you know, making them comfortable mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because they've sacrificed so much. And so there's this practice of gratitude. Mm-hmm. And a, a question yeah. that I was asked yesterday was, well, what are you doing to fill your cup? And I'm like, I don't know how to answer that question. And I still don't know. And I'm like, I still don't know how to answer that question. What am I doing t- for me? Yeah, what are you doing I, for Katia? Seriously, I have no idea. The podcast, I guess. We'll ask you another question. <laughs> well, that's not it. No. Um, so I I will ask I will pose this question. What um what fills your cup? What makes you feel good? How do you want to feel every day? You know, do you want to fit in this is question? I want to feel grounded. I want to feel strong. I want to feel you know, mobile. I want to feel rejuvenated. I want to feel connected to spirit, those kind of things. Like, how do you want to feel every day? Mm -hmm. And then, well, what things make me feel that way? Oh, see, what things make me feel this way? Yeah. Cause when I hear the word, Oh, well, what what feels your cup? (laughs) Right. And I'm like, reading i don't know a cup of coffee like but that's like but reading is good but you know coffee is good yes that could be a part of your ritual of meditation like you drink your coffee with nothing you drink your coffee outside in your deck patio whatever it is that you have Mm. or in your special chair or with your ancestors that's Mm -hmm. met you know that is something yes that is ritual that is ritual right there. Drinking sure. coffee or your tea if you're not a coffee drinker, which I don't even understand if you're not a coffee drinker. Okay. <laughs> For us, it's very like, that, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That is. So that, yeah, yeah, that's ritual. That's ritual. Well, it's just a matter of like filling up what feels good for you. Like drinking that cup with ancestors is that moment of sacred ritual of Mm. hello good morning i am a moment of gratitude a moment of connecting and being grounded and yeah that those are those things that that can happen with coffee simple things like a lot of people don't even realize that they are doing ritual but they think it's routine because they just don't think about it and that's why i completely i there's difference between rituals and routines routines Mm -hmm. are things that you just do automatically it doesn't mean anything like Mm -hmm. you brush your teeth you know you take a you take a shower (laughs) (laughs) but rituals are run deep they fill up your soul Mm -hmm. that's what rituals are they they ground you into your being they connect you to source and spirit whatever language resonates with you that is what rituals are yeah totally so that, it I could was, be so i was like mm-hmm. ah girl i don't know and she was like mm, we gotta work you know and my therapist also going back to the wellness thing um i feel so fortunate and so blessed to be in a space where i'm able to get something you know to be able to go to therapy because therapy within our community is something that's a little bit taboo 
right? It's like, mm-hmm. do you really mean it, girl? If I sat down and, you know, like there, <laughs> I spent a couple of conversations like that with my mom, but um, having a therapist that is, that looks like me and is also first gen has helped me so much in my journey of oh starting meal and learning what self-love looks like for me and what that language is like. Um, because there's a lot of, a lot of experiences that we have that other people, as you mentioned before, kind of don't connect. They can hear you. They can try to understand you, but they're never going to struggle in that sense or continue to have the struggles that we see now, even as adults and, um, creating these spaces, sharing these stories of people who are like, look, I'm here. I'm just like you and I'm creating this safe haven for you. Yeah. It is so beautiful and inspiring and hopeful at the same time to eat, to see. Um, and when I read your profile, I connected so, so, so much to it as a fellow queer, as a fellow Salvadorania, because I don't, you know, our community now is starting to become more well-known and there's a lot of more curiosity yes. than just MS-13, you know? Like, yes. Were, Thank you. So Thank you. Heard, you. Oh, it I is. A time when people would ask me, oh, what are you? And I would say, Salvadorania, and they would go, where is that in Mexico? And I'm like, no. It's an entire oh, country yeah. in like Central America, and they're like, "Where is that?" And I'm like, yeah. "Basic guess geography, yo." Like, what you know? And it was so. Mm-hmm. Of course, that wasn't my experience when I lived in the Bay Area. But when we moved to the Central Valley, there wasn't so many Salvadorians as there are now, and our mm. representation within the media was so minimal. Like, you rarely heard of someone of being mm-hmm. Salvadorian heritage working in the media, let alone English media. Um, mm. And the only thing that we were known for is MS-13. And so when that started to be the headline, people would associate that immediately. <gasps> yes. Well, yes. It's more, we're more than we're just a lot pilot. more than that. Yes. yes. Yes, we are definitely, it's not the only thing that we created. Thank you very much. <laughs> We created beautiful things like pupusas. Exactly. <laughs> like the most delicious thing you'll ever have in your life, please. Exactly. It's like my favorite comfort food. Pupusas, um, platanos, <sighs> uh, casamiento. Oh my God. I had some today. I had both today. Casamiento and platano. Girl. Thanks to my mother. Mm-hmm. You know? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but something so simple as as finding our food was so hard at one point you know um yeah so seeing all of these spaces being created and ours for presentation as salvadorians como centroamericanas como salvadoreñas um echándole la mano a otra gente de centroamerica también who also has been underrepresented and kind of like hey there's a whole nother like continent that exist right here between north and and south america that sometimes is forgotten you know completely overlooked it is it's so small but it's just like yeah we we're here we're kind of that thing that connects the one those two down there (laughs) we're not actually a part of the the two of them we're actually separate yeah Yeah. we're like we're separate it's like (laughs) right here in a ray of countries like 
all of them here, you know. So it's so, Mm -hmm. so, so nice to see. And I, like, immediately I'm like, oh, I want to talk to another one. Because I kind of lack that sense of community when we moved. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's what it was. I lacked that sense of community when we moved to you know, Northern California, when, when we left the Bay area where I had my Salvadorian community and going back to it, mm. it's still there, but I missed that when we moved to, to Sacramento where there, there wasn't that. And so I assimilated like no other. Yeah. And that's, you know, I'd look back and, you know, even my friend would tell me too, like, yeah, girl, you, you were definitely similar. Like I've never seen you so like deeply into your roots and really just educating yourself and what's happening in the world. I'm like, because it's a part of me that Mm -hmm. this country told me so many ways that it was not right. And, you know, and like, I see her, but I'm like, by the way, like, you know, you're assimilated. She's like, yeah, girl, I know, you know, straighten my hair all the time and this and that, Mm -hmm. but I don't Mm -hmm. see, but I'm still, you know, but there's no change in what she's doing. And I'm like, I am, I I refuse to be told everything about me is wrong and everything about me is disgusting, Mm -hmm. you know, try to, to capitalize out of my, you know, who I am, my roots. You will no longer do that with me. Same. Um, reclaiming something as, as simple as my hair texture. Not wearing color contacts because I've been for a while. <laughs> I didn't even know that was assimilation. But I, I want to fall over. I'm embarrassed yeah, I that, that I did that. Oh, How awful. So gross. And I... And I remember telling my mom, why did I come out with like hazel eyes? Because my dad has hazel eyes. All from my dad's side of the family, uh, they, you know, my dad is a a product of divorce. But, however, all of his, like, that side of the family has blue, green, hazel. I mean, every single person. And here I come and I get, like, breath brown (laughs) and and so for a long time i was like i'm gonna wear gray contact lenses and i thought i was so cool and i'm like oh my god i was assimilating trying not to catch the sun was assimilating trying to enunciate and speak english in a manner that would make me sound more you know educated and eloquent and like i knew what i was Yes, I'm brown, but I'm also very intelligent, you know, to almost prove myself, my worth. Um, And then when I started working in in broadcast, the lack of of trying to fit into the mold of what was being portrayed, right? That is changing so much now and and good. It needed to. Um, But when I started in the business, it was, you know, over a decade ago, it was much it was a very, very different story. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, how exciting yeah. is it for future generations that they get to experience people embracing everything that makes them them from culture to heritage to practice, going back to our practice? Yes. Yes. What an exciting 100%. time. 100%. Yeah. I, I see it so much. And I, I love that it's happening because, I mean, I left corporate America because it's just, again, this this culture of um, assimilating. 
and thinking that I'm supposed to look a certain way and be a certain way. Like I don't even straighten my hair. Like you won't, I mean, when I go get my hair cut, you know, that's the only time that my hair, it's a joke. Like I says, like I, it's the only time my hair sees a comb when I go get it cut. Cause I don't, I'm like, and that's it. And then my hair does what it wants. I, I'm at the place where I will not straighten my hair. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm like want to love my curls yeah um love you know the 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 smile and the crease of you know the, the what is it called the the the, the crease of smile how do you know what it's called whatever you know and <laughs> yeah whatever um and just loving my culture and my food and being proud because I mean I know I remember that I was embarrassed. I remember that I was embarrassed because it wasn't American. And now I think about it like American food ain't even good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, great. Yeah, I will do something I've noticed now. Um, and this is my way like of hot like, dogs on a bun. I know. Re- like I think when people go America <laughs> and I'm like the United States and I will make that little change and they're like, Oh yeah, the United States and I I will go into scripts and I will change whatever is written to like specify. Cause I'm like, no, how egocentric of the, you know, if it doesn't explain a lot of things, how egocentric of people going, well, in America. And it's like, well, let's, let's speak correctly. States. The United States, you know, and then because there are a lot of oh, Americas. Yeah. There's a lot of Americas, right? And when people go, I'm American. It's like, yeah, exactly. We we all are. Which one? Our, yeah. What do you mean? That's why it's mm-hmm. called the United States of America. The entire, you know. Anyways, whatever. I digress. But um, <laughs> my way of like fighting back a little bit and going, let's yeah. get, you know, let's correct that part of the language a little bit. So we, it brings I think into the forefront of, it's not just. America is not just the United States, which is not, but we've been taught these almost egocentric way of the U.S. existing and kind of like, you know, we're the only ones that know how to do things correctly. And it's like, well, no, other people are doing it way better than you, bro. But, you know, hello, people don't like like to hear it, but it's like. You know, uh, I don't know. It's the truth. If you're paying any remote attention, there's other, con- you know, countries exactly. within other con- continents that are doing it way better, way better. Um, Absolutely. They fi- they fi- they figured it out. They figured out a lot about things that we're still saying that we can't, they can't be figured out. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For anyone who's listening to this episode and has a little curiosity of like, okay, I want to start this path for myself as well the return to home and the return to nature what would you Mm. you know what is your words of wisdom to them oh that just vibrated all around for me um I really don't think there's a, a wrong or a right way of doing this um stay curious I think that's the biggest thing with anything right stay curious in um, what's to come, you know, you're going to have this sense of struggle of what you've always known. Right. And you're wanting to learn something new, essentially. And it's going to take a lot of unlearning and that's going to be a battle. 
So be patient. Two things can exist. And then as you find more answers and what feels good and right for you and your journey, let that be. But, you know, don't fight. Just stay curious. It's, it might be triggering. That's part of the journey. Is it going to be a struggle? That's part of the journey. Because we've been ingrained and instilled and imprinted this one way. But you know deep in your heart there is more to that. That something is not right. You know that there's more to you than what you've been told. Um, and that's one first and foremost. Um, and I think it's asking questions. Ask, go to your parents and ask questions like, hey, do what? what is our lineage? And definitely get outside. Definitely get outside, get off the digital and get outside and just listen and observe. Just observe what's happening in nature. Really observe. I'm not saying be a granola. You know, people think like, oh, you want me to sit down and sit next to a tree? I'm like, why not? There's trees everywhere. Sit down on the ground, read a book, lay down on the grass. Okay, lay in a, lay a blanket and then lay down, you know? But nature is always teaching us a lesson. And if we're listening, we'll get the, the wisdom of it. And getting outside is one of the things that you definitely get to do. It's easy, it's free. It's free, go outside. You know, if you've never been a person to be, and I was never a person, I thought I'd never be a person to be like, oh, you know, to go, no. But I'm like, I want to go hiking. I want to go camping and be in nature. Um, and I want to create that space for people to see the different seasons transitioning in retreats. In retreats. Um, books. There's also an opportunity to, like, once you have... Um, your questions like answered from your parents, like just dig a little bit deeper. Maybe there's books out there that teach you about your lineage. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Really, truly. Mm -hmm. That was nothing more to add than learning to coexist with nature and realizing that we are a part of nature. Okay. A lot of us has forgotten yeah. that, has forgotten that. Um, our ancestors did it the wisdom is still embedded in our DNA. All we have to do is kind of like find our way back to it. And I see so many people begin that journey for them. And I'm excited to see how that affects our future tomorrow and what that means for the future generations and what they will be able to experience. You know, um, it's not all. Yes, there's bad things happening, but there's a little glimmer of hope at as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, 100%. This episode, I hope for anyone who's listening, feel the energy that I feel where everything is like <laughs> fluid and full of wisdom. Um, and I feel a strong sense of the ancestors looking down and going, all right yes this like we are present um of yeah. also this connection of um to the land that i think 
we've both been in our own journeys trying trying to go back to and in, in our own separate journeys and what that looks like so it has been wonderful to have you on this episode for anyone who's listening please check the links below so you can check out Kathy follow her contact her join her services be able to chat with her and begin your own healing journey if this resonated for you as she said this is this is your right so why not begin today with someone that will understand our generational trauma or understand our struggles and and then and will help feed that energy of going back to the self and self-love yeah thank you Thank you. So for anyone who's listening, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please check out all the links below.